Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Tam. I, I'm not Tam. She's Tam. <laughs> I'm Renee. Okay. Gotta... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, it's late. It's after midnight for Kenny, who's also joining us tonight. Hey, hey. And right. for Renee and myself, and that is Tam, because I know my name, unlike Renee. It's right. 9.30 <laughs> because we're on the West Coast. If you guys didn't know, we represent Los Angeles by way of Texas for Renee, but I'm born and raised Correct. in L.A. And just well. <laughs> before we get started, first of all, Renee has already messed up this entire show because he didn't properly intro us. You know, we have to stick to the pattern. Right. And he didn't do that. So I'm going to change things up a little bit. Let's do it. For our new listeners, because I have a feeling we have about at least 100 new listeners for this episode. Yep. I'm Tam. You can find me on all social. For those who are social media savvy, who dibble and dabble with Twitter, as well as Instagram, you can find me. My username is I am sincerely Tam. Renee, you can find Renee across the board. He's quite the character on Instagram. If you are new to the show, once again, Renee is a comedian and you've never seen anything like Renee. So make sure to follow him on Instagram. You can follow him at it's Renee Garcia and Kenny. Kenny is on Twitter as Front Row Kenny. That is his username and his Instagram. I don't know. Do you want people to know your Instagram, Kenny? Nah, I'll just Twitter. Yeah, okay, we'll, well he said it's none of your business. Me. So check him out on the Insta. Oh, check him out on the Twitter. <laughs> Let's jump into some NASCAR talk. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Atlanta, the new package. We're going to talk about Bad Brad feeling bad when he won and crossed the finish line. We're going to talk about. Martin Truex Jr. being mad as well. I don't know. Should we talk about Jimmy Johnson or is that just over with until he wins a race? We'll discuss that. What else do we need to talk about? Oh, we have to talk about the accident on pit road. That was pretty wild. Somebody got injured. Yep. And what else is going on? I'm not quite sure. Kenny, anything else should we talk about? Or should I just give you guys the... Top 10 from Atlanta. Then we jump into some NASCAR conversation. Renee, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, let's do that. The top 10 from Atlanta. We have Bad Brad crossing the finish line. He had somewhat of a stomach virus or some kind of stomach bug or flu. But he put on his Michael Jordan 23 jersey. I guess you can call it the flu race. <laughs> Nobody said that this entire weekend. Yeah, they just called it the flu game. I saw a tweet from NBC and they had just called it the flu game. It it would have been perfect content if you were going to really say it and say the flu race because that man was sick all weekend. Yeah. yeah, him and his wife were sick. So we'll call it the flu race. Brad Keselowski won the flu race. Well, I guess that's not proper to call it the flu race because 
Well, I don't know. Okay, I got way on a Tam's rant. <laughs> New listeners, this happens quite often. Hashtag Tam's rant. And, oh, we haven't done a hashtag where is Renee. <laughs> because, first of all, we haven't even talked about our weekend. So let me finish the top 10. See, Renee, you messed up everything by not doing our intro properly. <laughs> We're all, well, not we. I guess it's just me. I'm all on a whole nother <laughs> planet. Okay. You know what it was? Before we started the podcast, I was eating a fun dip. Yes, old school fun dip. And uh, I just lost track of where I was because I was enjoying that fun dip so much. I was like, oh my God. Okay. you Were you dipping in the red Kool-Aid? Wait, is it Kool-Aid? What As is the dip? Of, yes, it was strawberry. 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 Okay. Yeah. I remember fun dip. The ironic thing, I don't remember liking it. Like I was a candy fiend, so I would pretty much eat anything. For our older listeners, yes, I loved me some now laters and Laffy Taffy. I like the old oh Chico sticks. Ooh, slapsticks. Kenny is listening like I have no idea what a slapstick. I know about the now laters, man. (laughs) You know what a now laters? I'm young, but I know about those at least. You know what a Chico stick is? I do. I do, actually. Do you know what a slapstick is? Don't know what that is. I know what yeah. Laffy Taffy is, though. So, Oh, yeah. well, yeah, Laffy Taffy is somewhat new. <laughs> Ironically, somebody sent me a Facebook invite to join their page, and I was like, who is following the Laffy Taffy page, and why? Get a life. Okay. <laughs> so, top 10 from... Atlanta, and then I guess now we're backtracking. We'll talk about our weekends. Then we'll go back into Atlanta and talk about what happened. And then we'll just have some NASCAR talk. So top 10, as I said, Bad Brad, number one, across the finish line, first. Truex Jr., second. Kurt Busch quietly came in third. I don't really remember talking about Kurt at all. Kevin Harvick, of course we talked about Kevin because I think he was everybody's pick. No, he wasn't Kenny's pick because Kenny picked Bad Brad. Yes, we get it. You picked the winner. Okay. (laughs) Clint Boyer, he looked like he was going to do something but came up short, but he did get a top five finish. Kyle Busch, great to see that guy come in sixth place considering he had a great weekend because he won the truck race. But it was a bad weekend for him in terms of cup racing because he had to race with his backup car. And again, I know you guys know this, but just refreshing your memory, he raced with his backup car that he had no practice time on. Eric Jones, actually, Eric Jones came in seventh. Great to hear the young guy's name. Did he win a race yet last year? He did at um, Daytona. I I I was actually there. That was pretty cool. And then Eric Amarola who was our pole sitter, came in eighth. Chris Busher, ninth. Nice top 10 finish for the young guy. I don't even know if we should still call him a young guy. We've already established we're not calling Kyle Larson a young guy this season. And I think, no, and and we're not calling Austin Dillon a young guy either because they've both been in cup five years now, right? Yep. Just about, I think, if yeah, I'm not think mistaken. So. They're yeah, they're rolling like right in, under, they're yeah. that five-year category now, which okay. is kind of crazy. Denny Hamlin, the vet, came in 11th. And I said Denny's name is a little bit one spot out the top 10, but because he won a Daytona 500 and kicked off the season with a win, and he's my pick to win the championship this year, I thought I would throw his name out there. Some notables, Chase Elliott, the hometown favorite, he didn't do so well. He came in 19th. 
And Jimmy Johnson, I don't want to call him can't get right, but maybe it's a Hendrick thing because he came in 24th and the Hendrick drivers didn't do very well. Other drivers who were driving in their equipment did better than they did. I'm just not quite sure what's going on, but yeah, with that being said, that is the top 10 plus three notables from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. So do we need to backtrack and talk about the weekend? Renee, you always do something exciting. Was your life more exciting than the Atlanta race <laughs> this weekend? Um, it kind of was. I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, even though I kind of thoroughly enjoyed the race, my weekend was a little bit better. Did we lose <laughs> I will say <laughs> that. Uh, did, did we lose Renee? <laughs> oh, no, there I am. <laughs> okay, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. My, my, uh, my little thing came out of the phone. Yeah, my weekend was actually a little bit better. And even though I enjoyed the weekend, my weekend was actually a little bit better than than the race. I was in town. I didn't really go anywhere. I was just in town hanging out uh, with some friends and catching up, friends that I hadn't seen in a while. But we just had a really nice time and kicked back. And uh, that was pretty much it. But when you start talking and hanging out with friends you hadn't seen in a while, that time can just, you can forget about time. And then you next thing you know, it's like five in the morning. You're like, I got to go home. <laughs> Well, we are talking NASCAR at almost one o'clock in the morning for Kenny. So, but he is at <laughs> home. We're going to keep this episode quite short so he can get some rest and get up and hit the nine to five in the morning. And Kenny, how was your weekend? Yeah, my weekend was pretty solid. It was a relaxed weekend after being at Daytona last week. So I kind of spent more time at home just kicking back. Plus it was raining in Charlotte like it has been for like the last seven days, minus today that the day we're recording this, but it was a chill weekend. Nothing too crazy, I would say. Okay. And my weekend was nice and quiet. I stayed in. I came in on Friday, did not leave until Monday. I stayed in all weekend. And when I say I stayed in, I was underneath my covers and I was on my internet. I always say on my internet as if I own it, but I was on the internet and on my computer. And yeah, and I talked some NASCAR on Sunday during the race with some of our diehard NASCAR friends. So pretty chill weekend, it sounds like for everybody all around. I mean, and if Renee's weekend sounded exciting, it was, but that's definitely chill compared to what it usually is. For our new (laughs) listeners, If you keep listening to this podcast, you'll find out very quickly, Renee, weekends are bananas because he usually goes to a rave. (laughs) (laughs) We like EDM music, you know, depending on how he feel, he may even go to a country concert. I don't know. (laughs) I know because, because, you know, what's funny. We actually, on Friday, we actually went to go see a DJ. Uh, uh, The guy's name is Fisher, uh, which is a a, a DJ that that me and my buddies like. And I just kind of went on the whim. And like I said, I hadn't seen these cats in a while. And when we went to go see this DJ, they, we saw them at the Shrine Expo here in Los Angeles. And uh, you're hanging out. The concert ends. And then the next thing you know, you end up back at, at your, your friend's house. And then it's like 5, 6 in the morning. You know, I'm like, man, I, I got to get home. <laughs> Thank God I Ubered. <laughs> I don't know, Renee. I, I can't keep up with you. You party too hard. <laughs> we we want to be like you when we grow up. Well, technically, we shouldn't be like you when we grow up. We should be like you when we're young and have the rest of the night. I don't know. Okay, this conversation (laughs) just went to the whole left. Maybe I sound delirious because it's late. (laughs) Let's jump back into some NASCAR talk. 
Hopefully, if you are a new listener, we did not scare you off. Typically, we talk about our weekends at the beginning of the podcast. Then we jump into some NASCAR talk and we go full force because things got a little messed up. We messed it around. I don't know. But now we're back on track. We're back on track. We've talked about Brad for a bit. I, I think I want to revisit Brad's win with Penske. Uh, what was the record now? He's the most winningest Penske driver. Yeah, he's um done the most. He's done the most so far for a Penske driver overall. So he has twenty seven wins with with Penske. He has one additional win with with uh, James Finch, but he's also got thirty three Xfinity wins under Penske. So now he has officially sixty wins, which goes over the late NASCAR, the late motorsports legend. Mark Donahue, so he had 59 wins in total for Penske. He had 28 in Trans Am, 12 in the United States Road Racing Championship, 10 in Can-Am, 3 in USAC, which is now IndyCar, 2 in F2000, 2 endurance races, a NASCAR win, which was Penske's first in 1973, and a FIA Pro Certified win. So he's got a great, great track record for sure. So he's definitely in good company for sure. That's why we like having Kenny on the podcast because Renee and I, we're not very much into the stats <laughs> like that. But Kenny, <laughs> it just flows from his brain. Me and Renee are sitting here like, boy, we're impressed with this guy. We're listening to yeah, him. Like, wow. Hey, man, y'all are too, man, y'all are too kind. Y'all numbers. are too kind. <laughs> yeah, well, we know NASCAR. Don't get it twisted. It's just that I don't think Renee and I are very much the historians. Like, we know. Like, here's the thing. Again, our old listeners know I can pull out some stats when it comes to wins and things like that. New listeners, I sometimes go deep into records and things like that. Renee, not so much, but it's it's more so because I do all the talking. We've been talking, what, 15 minutes and I've dominated the conversation. And I was the one who said, I don't really feel you like talking. Talk much. Yeah, but I guess when it comes to NASCAR, I just yap all, yap away. Okay, what else has happened? Oh, Martin Truex Jr., I do want to talk about him because he was upset. Explain, somebody. He was really upset about Atlanta. Yeah, you know what? I will say this. I I don't even think it has anything other to do than just the fact that he didn't win and and even more so the fact that he came in second. Now, let's be honest. He could have won that race. and, And I know he said, all I needed was one more lap. And maybe, maybe he did. But if I look at the way that Brad Keselowski closed out that race, I'm not sure one more lap would have even been enough because Brad really kind of took control of, of that race late in the last few laps. And I think that was just Martin Truex Jr. just kind of upset that he, he didn't actually get the win. And you can kind of understand that, especially when you get that close. Kenny, he really could have won that race, but a lot of guys could have won that race because like I was listening to uh, the guys uh, after the race and and they were right. Kyle Larson could have won that race. He, I mean, easily. He, he seemed like he had probably one of, if not the best car on the track at the time. He was, he led the most laps. And uh, a lot of the other guys uh, could have won that race. But Martin Truex Jr. just came so close that, you know, sometimes when you come that close and you can taste it and you can see it, I think any of us would have been upset if we didn't win that race. But you know what? He didn't. I think that's just what it came down to. Question, what happened to Kyle Larson? Because he didn't come in, he didn't finish in the top 10. He had a speeding penalty. He actually sped twice. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he essentially gave it up himself. So 
it was in his hands. He literally had the best car of the day. I know Martin Truex said he did, but given he led the, given Kyle Larson led the most laps on Sunday, I'm pretty sure had he not sped on pit road, he probably would have been in victory lane. Yeah. Well, coulda, shoulda, woulda, but he didn't because he got a speeding penalty. So that's that. And I just don't see why Truex is so upset about it. I understand that there's lap cars in the way at the end of a race. That's Atlanta in a nutshell or for most, for most half miles. That's just how it always has been. So they aren't just going to move out the way necessarily. I don't believe in that. We've had a lot of those incidents lately for some reason where people are entitled, quote unquote, to think that just because they're there and they're racing as well, that they have to move out of the way for their race. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, but that's just how the cookie crumbles, you know? Well, it sounds like, too, it's a lot of resentment for those drivers who may not be in great equipment that are running in the back. It's almost as if, like, dude, move out my way because I'm a champion. I'm not saying that this is where he was going with it, but I feel like it's kind of along those lines where a lot of the veteran drivers or the drivers that are running in great equipment are looking at these guys who are just taking up space on the track. And, you know, it's like, get out my way. Side note, what was that comment Kyle Larson made about, um, who, who was it? Kenny, Renee, help me out. Kyle Larson. On this race? What was the comment? It was like something to the effect like, oh, this is his race. We just glad to be here or something. It was like early, uh, like I, when he was battling. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I caught that comment. Kenny, you didn't catch that comment? Actually, I did not catch that. It was change. actually a really crazy comment. Somebody Google it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't recall. Oh, it was like, dang, too bad I didn't listen to like the radio active thing. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, well, listeners, somebody out there knows what he said. I just yeah. cannot recall. But it, it was something like, oh, you know what? It was when him and I think it was him and Kevin Harvick were battling during stage one. Oh, okay. And he, he made like some side comment. Okay, I, I'm going to yeah. find it. I'm going to move on, but I'm going to find that comment and then we can come okay. back to it. But I guess that's what's going on with... Martin, I don't, I get, oh, shoot, we done moved on. So <laughs> let's move on. Okay. I want to go back a little bit and talk about Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush had a wonderful weekend. He did not get the win, but considering everything he went through during practice with wrecking his car, he managed to get a sixth place finish at Atlanta. But more importantly, he did his thing in the truck race. And Kenny, I know you know all the facts about his win, so I'll let you take over from here. Yeah, so this weekend he notched his 52nd win in the truck series, which actually makes him the all-time win leader now over Ron Hornaday, who had 51 before him. So it's a pretty huge weekend historically for him. That's pretty cool. He's got 52 wins so far, 94 top fives, 115 top tens so far in his truck series career. And he's been in there since 2001. So that's pretty, wow. a, a pretty amazing feat that he's done. And, and on the same weekend, he's managed to race his 500th race in the cup series. So he's been around for a while and certainly a hell of a talent, even though a lot of people don't like him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which makes it even that much more impressive. 
Because in my mind, the number 500 is bouncing around because again, I'm tired. So I'm thinking 500 wins in the truck season, which obviously we know is impossible. But yeah, I'm tired. Forgive me. (laughs) Okay. And we talked about the package last podcast, but now that we've seen the package in action, a lot of people have mixed opinions about it. I know Jeff Gordon kind of chimed in. Some people thought the race in Atlanta was good. I don't think anybody thought it was terribly bad, but I still feel as if people are a little bit on the bubble, if that makes sense. Renee, what did you think about the racing? And then Kenny, you can chime in and share your thoughts. And I know we talked about this last week, guys. I don't mind it so much, but it, it goes back to this whole thing of what we're used to in NASCAR. It's just like, just when they come up with something, then something else comes up and takes over that. It's just like everything changes, it seems like, from one week or the next week or one month from the next month. And it's like you just don't know <laughs> where to wrap your head around certain things, and especially when it comes to NASCAR. And me personally, I like and Kenny, I don't and I and I know a lot of times we mostly agree on a lot of things, but I just try to look at things, especially like when it comes to NASCAR. And I go, okay, well, I'm just going to deal with what it is for like this week because you never know. It, it might change by, by the following week of the next race. I mean, am I wrong? No, I agree. And as a matter of fact, the thing about this past weekend with this package, we didn't get a full preview of it because, well, we got a preview. Let me, let me go retract that statement. We got a preview of what it could possibly be. But given the way Atlanta is, the track is damn near rock instead of asphalt at this point because the surface is so old. So with old is an understatement. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, there's so much of that. What is that stuff they fill in the cracks with? Ah, man, I forgot what it's called. Oh, the sealer. Yeah, yeah, it's so much of that on the track that is just crazy. But go ahead. Yeah, it's virtually rockets with their racing on, and again, Atlanta proved to be a driver's track once again, no matter what the package was. So whoever was able to do well, you saw comers and goers all afternoon. Restarts are pretty crazy. They lasted three and four wide a little bit longer than they normally would during any other Atlanta race. So I even took the time to go back and look at a race in the 2000s, which some people on Twitter actually said it kind of had somewhat reminded them of it. And I could say Based on the restarts and how everything got spread out, it was very similar in that regard. But we're going to see a real big change when we get to Vegas this upcoming weekend. The surface there is way, way newer. So you're going to have the ducks. Guys are going to be able to draft. Runs are going to be a little bit different. So I would definitely expect a different race in Las Vegas. And as a matter of fact, for the first five races, it's all going to be different. Yeah, it should be interesting to see how Vegas plays itself out as well. I I haven't checked the weather, but usually Vegas is hot. Not necessarily in March, but the weather on the West Coast has been a little up and down for whatever reason. But if it's hot, then we're dealing with grip. I think just about four, uh, what is it, like four days ago, Tam, um, it was snowing in Vegas. Like literally snowing. Oh, yeah. You know what? Somebody actually said it snowed in Malibu. That is crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, well, like I said, the weather is up and down. We don't know what the weather conditions are going to be like. All that has to be taken in consideration when we talk about the package. 
clearly we're at a different track that has a different surface. Drafting is going to be different. Everything is going to be completely different. It's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And to kind of echo what Renee said, as well as what you're saying, Kenny, I think we're not going to know anything about the package until the third or fourth race, until we're really into the season. And then because it's going to be so different at each track, will we ever really have a true idea of what the package is? Well, I guess that kind of remains to be seen, but I hope so. I think what we're going to see this season is going to be a mix, essentially. It's really going to be mixed up, truly, because some tracks are going to have the ducks, some tracks aren't going to have them. So it's it's going to look different at different tracks, and it's going to be interesting to see who actually is going to be able to develop throughout the season. Because the thing about this is, you give teams enough time to work on things like this, they're going to figure it out at some point. So the real question is, who's going to figure it out first, and who's going to be able to take full advantage of it? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to call anybody out, but as we talked about before we got on the podcast, you can't be bringing your super speedway package to <laughs> to Atlanta, but you know that's neither here or there. Yeah. If you watch NASCAR, you know where we're going. We're just not going to call anybody out. Okay. What? Oh, since we're talking about the package, I do want to before we jump into the next thing because I think it's important. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast, and it's all also come up a couple of times on Twitter. I do want to ask you guys what's good racing to you. But prior to us jumping in that, let's talk about your boy Priest. We said his name on the podcast last week. We're talking about him again this week. He had some unfortunate events happen to him on pit road, but he was in that thing. Like, are, are we going to be talking about him the rest of the season, Kenny? Renee, what do you guys think? Like, is, is Priest the guy that that's going to be, I don't want to call him a sleeper because he's not, he's out there, but he's like the unlikely guy. Like, I didn't imagine that I would be talking about this guy the rest of the season, but what are you guys thought? Um, I definitely would say he's a guy I would watch for to be probably our rookie of the year more than likely he's my pick for the rookie of the year as i'm speaking about this (laughs) but he's a solid racer and i think jtg is in a very different spot than they have been in the last six or seven years given they have a chris busher and now they have ryan priest along with them and i think that's going to give them a proper balance in the way they prepare their cars because you have to think about it jtg had aj allmendinger more so than chris busher had him longer and I noticed that they put a lot of effort into those road course cars, even though at Sonoma, there was a lot of struggle. There were some good days at Watkins Glen, but those are the two places where you would see them perform well, not name a road course or a super speedway. That's where they figured it out at. I think with Priest and Chris Busher, I think those two are going to give them a chance to develop something good on each type of track. So I think you may see them balance out a little bit better this season and they may do well i really do feel like ryan priest can somehow some way eke his way into the playoffs this year on that note you mentioned that you think that priest is going to be the rookie of the year who's his competition like that's you know it's so funny i remember 
just yesteryears when Chase came in and it was like all rookie of the year. There was some competition. And in previous years, I remember, because even last year, we knew it was between Bubba and William Byron. Bubba didn't really have a chance because look who he's racing for. So we kind of knew, although at the beginning of the season, Bubba came out at Daytona 500 last year smoking. So we were like, maybe, but then it just quickly, like by by the fifth race, you already knew who was going to be rookie of the year. This year, who do you foresee being his competition? And I'm talking about Priest. It's really be between him, Daniel Hemrick, and Matt Tiff. So those are the three main guys that are rookies this season. I think between the three of them, I feel like it's probably going to come down to Ryan Priest and Daniel Hemrick at the end of the season for that that award, at least. Daniel's been shining, so I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to Daniel as well. And I mean, not dismissing Matt Tiff at all, but I feel like just based on the first two races, we're we're hearing Priest a lot. Now, there was the unfortunate accident on Pitt Road, which was crazy because the gas man for his, was it his team or the other team got hit? Um, Gas man for his team. Yeah, he broke his, well, he, what is it? He tore his ACL, his tibula. He t- well, like, he did a lot of things. He tore his ACL, he broke his tib fib. And, um, I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. I mean, the guy, the guy obviously is not going to be back on the, the pit crew team anytime soon. That's kind of major. I mean, I'd be surprised if he even made it back halfway through the season, but, uh, it's going to take some time for a guy like that to, to recover from such an injury like that. But yeah, it was it was pretty bad, you guys. I, I didn't realize it was that bad, but when the report came out, I was like, man, this guy got messed up pretty bad. It's actually kind of scary to be thinking about it. That's why with those guys in the pit crew, man, like I respect these guys so much. They're out there really busting their buns and, and especially like when they have the weather to deal with on top of the cars itself and, and accidents like that. It's scary. We've all been down there in the pits, uh, uh, you know, with those guys. And, and it may not look like they're coming in fast to pit, but when you're down there in the pits, like we all three of us have been, man, they're coming in. They're coming in fast. Renee, and again, our new listeners may not know this, but Renee actually works in the medical field, and you deal with X-rays and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little bit? Like, have you ever encountered X-rays that you've looked at where somebody's had a similar injury? Yeah, I actually I have. So um, it's one of those. It's weird because. Some people will come in with like really bad looking injuries and they, there may not even be any bones broken, but you know, because of the fact that you know this as a medical profession, that re- even though that there's not any bones broken, you know that, that this person probably has some ligament or uh, some muscle or tendon uh, trauma and damage going on there, even though there's any, there's no, no bones broken, which I have seen before. And number two, I have seen injuries where you go, okay, this is bad. And you know that, that it's going to take some extensive rehabilitation and uh, it, it's going to take some time, you know, for these guys to uh, go through rehab and uh, just kind of learn how to do the simplest things over. I mean, just getting up, sitting down, getting up, sitting down. And when you're in the pit crew like that and you're down there and you're, you're working the way these guys work. I mean, that kind of injury is just devastating. That's almost like one of the drivers, you know, breaking a leg and breaking an ankle or something. They need that. <laughs> Obviously. How is you going to function? He has injuries on both legs. That's pretty wild. 
Well, let's bring yeah. the podcast back up because we took it down talking about injuries. So let's bring it back up. I think we pretty much covered everything. Oh, well, we didn't talk about what's good racing. Kenny, what's good racing to you? Renee, you chime in. I'll chime in. And then we'll go into some predictions and we'll talk NASCAR next week. Okay. Yeah, for me, for me, um, I would say good racing. I love a race that has a lot of strategy in it, like Atlanta was just this past Sunday. Passes for the lead are great. Mid-pack battles are good. That's just kind of like my overall synopsis of a good race. A good finish doesn't necessarily depict a good race to me. So I even think what we saw on Sunday was fine. And I've seen some races like that before and I've really enjoyed them. But again, this is always subjective, as I would always say, when it comes to folks and what we all think is good racing. But the only question I've always had for every fan, especially given this time we're in right now, is what is the middle ground and what is really going to make people happy, which I don't think you can do anyway, make everyone happy. But I really do wonder what is that middle ground for what is good to people. Yeah, I can go with that, Kenny. For me, good racing just means also hard racing. Like I want to see good racing and hard racing come together. And I don't know if we got that on Sunday, maybe probably not, but I thought we got good racing. Uh, I thought the race was, I, I, I was fine with the race. But for me, I want to see even with stage one and stage two, like I want to see guys battling and out. Maybe not as hard because you're you're just trying to win a stage, but you also want those points. I don't mind a little bumping. I don't mind a little grinding. I don't mind a little bit of pushing and I don't mind a little bit of shoving. Maybe not to a point where it's obvious to the point where like it's in a negative kind of way. And even though if if it's a driver that I like or I'm rooting for or uh, somebody that I pick and takes them out, maybe not necessarily that if it's in the realm of you're just trying to go for the win and it just happens, I'm okay with that. As long as it's not purposely done, like I think we've seen over the years from some and certain drivers. But other than that, I'm I'm okay with that kind of racing. So, uh, I mean, that would be good racing for me. Good racing for me is simple. One word, action. <laughs> I want to see a lot of action. So whether that action is passing, bumping, grinding, talking crap on the radio, as your boy, what was it, Joy Logano said that if that car was in front of him and pit road again, he was going to knock it off his jack. I want to oh, yeah. hear all he that. Won't, he won't play. That's a good point. <laughs> I want to hear that. I want to feel it. I, I want to see some intensity. I, I want action. One of the things like, let me, oh my God. Like I, I love motorsports. I dibble and dabble with Formula One. The same thing with IndyCar. There have been some incredible Formula One races where I'm like, oh, my God. But then there are races where there is no passing. And to be honest, it drives me absolutely crazy when there's no passing. I want to see a race. I'm not. And and this is a touchy situation, conversation. I don't know, however you want to put it. But single file racing. What does that get us? Everybody racing in one line. Explain somebody. Like, this this does nothing for me. <laughs> what excites me is when I'm like, oh, S-H-I-T, they've three wide. And again, I'm not the person who's anticipating that it's going to be an accident. Always, for me, it's about safety. But, yeah, I want to see somebody make a move, do something. Again, it all comes down to one word, and I'm going to leave you with this one word, action. And I'm going to add something to it. Action, baby. 
<laughs> Action packed Tam. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. Of course, <laughs> you know. So so that's what makes good racing for me. So I tell you what, by the time you guys listen to this podcast, you're probably either gonna hate what I said, like it, are you gonna like what Renee said or hate it? Are you gonna hate what Kenny said? Or are you gonna like it? Either way, we want to know how you feel about it. You can tweet us. Our Twitter is at Turns No Breaks. You can leave a comment on the website when the episode is posted. The website is allturnsnobreaks.com. And you can hit us up on Instagram. A few of you guys have creeped into our DMs, as the young folks say. So DM us on Instagram. <laughs> Let us know how you feel. And on that note, I guess we will tell you who we got for Las Vegas Motor Speedway this weekend. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Kenny, let us know who you're picking since you was the big baller winner last week and picked Brad Kozlowski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so for this weekend, I'm actually going to go with Brad Kozlowski once again, who won in the fall race in Las Vegas last year. And for my alternative pick, I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Yeah, I'm going to roll with him again, too. I think I'm going to roll with that. That's for me. Renee, who you got for Las Vegas Motor Speedway? Yeah, you know, me, I don't know what it is. I, it, like, I could totally pick somebody completely out the box. And I think sometimes me and Kenny are just going to just be on the same page. My pick for this weekend coming up at Las Vegas, I'm going to be honest with you, I was going with Kevin Harvick all the way. And, Show him the money. Yeah, man. I, I And uh, I'm sticking with Kevin Harvick. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Kevin. I think Harvick's going to pull it out. If I have to go with an alternative pick, there's two drivers that I can go back and forth with, but uh, I think I'm going to go with Kyle Busch uh, as my alternative pick. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick as my winner in victory lane uh, this Sunday in Vegas. My alternative pick is going to be the number 18, Kyle Busch. Those are my picks, and Tam, I'm sticking with it. I was going to say, what is wrong with both of you guys until you pick the Bush? Look, <laughs> Kyle Busch is the hometown. Kurt Busch is the hometown. Kurt, he's, he, can, he can get hot. And I, I feel like as if with this new team heading into his hometown, I think he's going to get hot. There you go. I don't know. Okay. Uh, just throwing that out there, Kyle Busch, he's coming off of setting a record as well as having some issues where he overcame them for a top 10 finish last weekend in Atlanta. Why wouldn't you pick a Bush or a Bush? Now, granted, I get the Brad Keselowski pick because Brad's won, what, three times in the Cup Series in Las Vegas? And he was last year's winner in Las Vegas. Yeah, last year, he was hot, too. Yeah, in. not he a bad hot. pick. And Kevin Harvick won the year before in Vegas. Well, actually, no. Kevin Harvick won the first race. I forgot now we raced twice in Las Vegas, twice a year. It was Kevin Harvick who won the first race in March at Las Vegas of 2008. And then Brad Keselowski won the last race, which was in August of 2008. But Brad also won the race in 2016, and he won in 2014. So just based on that every other year win, I'm not picking Brad. I know this is just patterns that don't necessarily mean anything, <laughs> but I'm not feeling Brad for Vegas. Who I am feeling is a bush in a bush. Uh -huh. And I also am feeling Kevin Harvick. But because I'm feeling both bushes, 
I don't know. That sound wrong. Uh, but you guys understand what I'm saying. I'm filling the bush. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go with Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush. Kurt Bush for my, no, Kyle Bush for my alternative and Kurt Bush for the win. Oh. So those are my picks. And wow, fair game. I like them. Before we close the show, just a reminder, we talk NASCAR almost every week, more than likely every other week on Twitter. Again, the Twitter is Turns No Breaks, and we usually talk NASCAR talk on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So join us. Okay, well, there you have it, guys. Those are our picks, and uh, we'd like to know what your picks are. So like Tam said, hit us up on our social media. Let us know who you think is going to win this weekend. We always love to hear from you. For Tam, myself, and our good buddy, Front Row Kenny, man. Kenny, it's always a pleasure having you on, man. We love your insight. Uh, We love your knowledge and your chemistry that you bring. We really do appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us. And uh, we hope that you will continue to be a presence. So for that, I thank you. For Tam, myself again, look to see you next week here on the podcast with All Turns, No Breaks. We won't see you, but hopefully you'll hear us. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 